Welcome to Shed Life. Hello, everyone. Today we're joined by Anthony or Tony. I'm not too sure what to address you as, mate, but um, <laughs> yeah, we're joined by West yeah, well, Coaster in the US. So, um, yes, yeah. yes, yes. America says hello. You know, it's early in the morning here. Well, almost midday. For me, it seems early. Every between six and like noon is basically like the same hour. Yeah, interesting. So, where about well, you exactly on the West Coast? Portland, Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you guys know about that. We're considered a sort of a hippie, pothead, beer-loving sort of a ultra-liberal kind of place. I guess more or less. I think how people describe us. I think a lot of people would, uh, likes the description. That sounds pretty cool, man. Yeah, I mean, we it, it it works and it it can be annoying when you're when you're in the middle of it all the time. But for the most part, it's it's not bad. It's a good place. We we have a lot of uh, good beer. I like to brag that we're sort of like the beer hub of the entire planet, and then uh, we got a lot of uh, a lot of pot shops there's like a marijuana dispensary or whatever the hell they call them now like every couple blocks so mass infusion of uh reefer nice is it so is it legal uh legal down there in oregon oh very much very much yes oh that's quality when i say legal what is that just uh so medicinal wise or is it you can grow your own you can what possess certain uh, I, amounts how does it work every everyone that i know that grows pot does it seemingly pretty uh without a care in the world but yeah we just have places where you just go in you show me your id and you can be like hey i want to get an ounce of that and give me a couple of those joints and hey what do these gummies do and can i eat this will it get me high and uh, everything they got you can get shit that sounds sounds interesting <laughs> yeah it's pretty pretty interesting when i got back from china like uh it was a whole new thing for me because you know we'd been legal for medicinal use for a few years i think but then i got back and yeah my friend picked me up and he's like hey i gotta go like stop by this place really quick and he it's called like, you know, Ganja Forever or whatever the hell it is. They got all these weird names and he just goes in and comes out with like a cigarette box of joints. And I was like, the world has changed. <laughs> so uh, it wasn't legal uh, before you went to China, was it? No, I think um, Colorado was our first state to go legal. I don't remember if uh, 2015, 12, I have no idea. Then uh, basically, I think we were the next or maybe Washington State or something. And then... Uh, Everybody's kind of following suit now. They're trying to do some laws and just make it legal. It seems like a big waste of time to even fight it. But, you know, old old white men in suits, they got a problem with a lot of shit. And I guess pot's mm. one of them. That's interesting. So all those states are kind of um, proper West Coast states, right? Um, what's the deal with California then at the moment in terms of legalization? Oh, dude, that's a good question. I should know this because a lot of my friends and family are all down there. I, I want to say that it's legal, but that sounds stupid because I actually don't even know. I'm not sure. <laughs> Fair enough. No, you know that's a yeah. Even my, like, it's interesting one because some people assume it is, but um, like the earlier question asked, like it might be for certain aspects. I mean, like medicinally, uh, but maybe not for I don't know possession or growth or whatever. Yeah, yeah we totally. Don't really have yeah. Oh so, so. yeah, right. You guys, you guys have pretty pretty stiff laws then, or what? Very stiff. Yeah, stiff. Okay. Stiff, stiff, yeah. Uh, I know. I know. Baz loved his uh, his greens when he was over in over there in China. He's always getting stoned, playing video games, whatever he did, playing FIFA and whatnot. <laughs> All right. So to the listeners um, who yeah who, who want to know, Baz is Baz is a person. Hopefully, you've all heard before. He was he is the infamous B San who was on this pod um, earlier on a few weeks ago, and uh, I think and, I'm right in saying. And wait, we didn't actually get to the bottom. This Anthony or Tony. What you'd rather be called, but they worked. Oh right, uh, 
yeah, you can call me Anthony. Um, I think Baz calls me Tony. That always kind of annoyed me because I was like, no, my name's Anthony, but he's like Tony, mate, or whatever. <laughs> like, but it, yeah, it's it's the same. And growing up, like you know, Scarface ruined my whole life because you know anybody who was like Anthony was Tony Montana. Then the Sopranos made it even worse. You know, then you got like Tony Soprano. Basically, just every sort of uh, every sort of parody of any kind of gangster. You know, his name is is Tony. So like. It is what it is. I think a lot of my best friends call me Tony, but uh, I introduce myself as Anthony for them. If you, if I hear somebody yell Anthony or Tony from across the street, I'll turn around and use their name. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I think you got Fat Tony as well, innit? From The Simpsons. Then that's another one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he was a good. He was a good mafioso. <laughs> yeah, man. I yeah. think he gave he gave Homer some shit during Clown College, if I recall. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic show. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's right. been a do that 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 shows. Oh my god, that shit was old. But yeah, been around for still getting on. Dude, I yeah, they're still going. I want to say like season 28, 29, something insane like that. Jeez. Surely that's yeah. got broken some records. That's crazy. Oh, oh, and then my, dude, I think they shattered records like in like the late I don't even know, like mid 2000s. I think they were breaking <laughs> records. Yeah, I think it's like the oldest show ever, dude. That is nuts. That's highly rated though. Very highly rated. Yeah, it's insane. So um, so how's lockdown going in Oregon? Well, what's the deal over there? How strict um, is it? You know, what you're allowed to do and not do? Well, in Portland, we're, we have like a, it's pretty severe, like as far as general stuff, you know, restaurants, uh, stores are mostly all shut down. I should say all shut down. I and mean, you can get like food delivery and food pickup. They got like weird rules. But generally speaking, like grocery stores, uh, gas stations, convenience stores, uh, all, all the, all the pot dispensaries, all those places are still open. That's an essential tool. Um, liquor stores are open. So like things are open, but like, as far as just places you can go and like hang out and spend time and money, like that's all in lockdown. I know this Friday, different counties, like basically like different areas are kind of doing their own little opening up kind of things. A lot of like the rural communities are kind of losing their minds even more than the city folk. And they're like, you know, we need to open up. We need, business we need money all that so i think they're doing a sort of um using that i don't want to say they're using it like a test but it's kind of like the beginning of the first phase of reopening the united states of america is kind of happening in smaller places yeah. i guess well i guess that is kind of a test though isn't it like you're trying to so it's like a trial isn't it to see how it responds the virus responds and all that to the community yeah i mean yeah i mean it, it must be i mean the thing that is tough like for me because you know just being in portland and like not following tons of stuff you know because everything is about trump so it's like i can only handle so much if i go crazy it's like every state sort of has its own sort of code of conduct and you know their whole ethical approach and whatever they're thinking about doing so everywhere is just totally different it's like every single state has its own thing going on and then you know you have the federal government who's just a bunch of insane people kind of trying to take credit when things go well and it starts yelling at everybody when things go wrong so it's like for me <laughs> I just, I just stay out of it, man. I'm just kind of waiting until somebody that I know specifically says like, Hey, you know, like we can go get a beer, like a bar. And I'll be like, all right, cool. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, you know, you, you touched on a good point there. Cause it's something uh, from the outside looking in um, is an interesting topic. Um, how you say all the States kind of have their own, they act kind of like almost their own countries, right. In terms of laws and all this um, and the federal state, the government itself can, can only do or say so much, but um I don't know. It's interesting because a lot of them go against the government's um, maybe advice and this and that, and they kind of get ridiculed for it. But they, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really know how to say it. But it's very interesting to sort of see from the outside because I don't really know how that sort of process legally works. 
Sure, man. I mean, honestly, dude, you're better off not knowing. I would say ignorance is bliss as far as our insane government bullshit is concerned. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's insane, man. Like, I, I don't follow it a lot. You know, I kind of pay attention to the things I'm interested in. But obviously, with COVID-19 and, you know, the coronavirus, like, it's all just all over the place, you know. And the way I see it is, like, our, our media, I don't know how your guys' media kind of does stuff, but ours is, like, so polarizing and so sort of just, like, just politicizes everything. So it's like, we don't even get information now. We just get, like people's opinions and like who disagrees with who and like who hates who and like why does that person think this person wrong it's kind of like i'm not getting any information man i'm just like hearing about like the infighting of all these people who don't even like i don't know anything about or care about you know what i mean yeah i i think um i'm not an expert um in politics but if i was to use my best educated guess comparing yeah uk sort of media towards media attitude towards politics against us is um it's a lot less scrutinized and a lot less polarized um yeah i think i that, think you that, kind of cool. almost yeah i think you kind of almost have in the u.s maybe even certain media outlets where they are sort of more or less pro you know one side and maybe pro another side and it kind of shows in their day-to-day uh you know sort of feeding of news and all this and that and who they get on the air and how they kind of spin certain stories and it's kind of obvious if you're maybe right or left you'll go to a certain a news source to, to hear that. I think here you'll you'll get that, of course, but I think to a lesser degree. I think the polarization in America, from my point of view, it just seems from the outward looking in, uh, is insane. To be honest, you would uh, you would be correct. Yeah, I mean, yeah, man, like everything's going nuts. It's all Trump, man. He I don't know what he's done, but he's poisoned the well, so to speak. And like it's just it's just getting worse and worse. I don't even know what's gonna happen. We got our election in like November. I don't know what the hell's gonna happen. I mean, it, in some ways, I'm almost like it almost feels like some zombie movie, man. I'm just waiting for like the world to kind of end, but it's like, with fat, <laughs> like I said, like fat, fat white dudes in suits and like old ass fucking idiots and shit instead of, you know, like zombies. Just wait for fat Tony to emerge. Ah, yeah, dude, that'd be nice. It'd be nice to kind of have like a, like a mafia dude and said that wasn't Trump, you know, kind of running the show. At least he might be entertaining and like not a sort of laughing at him constantly kind of way. You got Como, isn't it? He might uh, jump in the race for democratic leader or. Uh, oh nomination. shit, man. I think, I think it's too late, but maybe. I know uh, as far as things are going, it's going to be Biden versus Trump. Uh, which oh, is just man. a weird, just a weird, sad thing to say. I mean, I think combined they're like 475 years old. <laughs> like it's it's crazy, man. I don't know. And and now they're both just up there, like because they're both like sort of senile and crazy. They don't know how to do anything. Like Biden's picking fights with like coal miners, and Trump's telling Asian reporters to go ask China, and they're both like private. <laughs> Mate, I saw that the other day. I was, I was literally, I'm not going to lie, I was so much in shock. Like, I, I know maybe from you guys, it might be like a regular occurrence, but when I saw that, I was literally, I was like, oh my God, like, this is wild. I mean, how can that actually happen? Dude, I, nothing surprised me anymore, man. He could fall f- flat on his face and like shit his pants and I would just be like, oh, this is just another normal Trump press conference. Like, I'm not seeing anything weird. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's man. crazy, man. He's bad, bad for everyone. Yeah, that is nuts. That's an interesting topic. Like, if we're talking about the November, November is it? November elections this year? Yeah, yeah, November is our presidential or whatever. Yeah, I mean, am I right in saying in 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 America, like you, you can only vote in person on the ballot slips. Like, there's no other alternative, like online or postal or anything like that. You know, that's another good question. I feel un-American. 
because you're asking me all these things that I should know the answer to. I'm not even sure, man. <laughs> again, again, I think that's going to be a sort of state by state kind of thing. I'm not even okay. sure. Like I think in or in Oregon, I think you can go to the voting thing. So like I guess there's it makes it like more clear or whatever. Then people talk about how they might be getting hacked into those things. But I think you get like a ballot in the mail too. And I think maybe there might be another option. I'm not even sure. I, I don't think you can vote online, like the top on your laptop or something. But I think there's probably like one or two or three options maybe again i, I don't know for sure but uh that would be my oh, guess i feel no yeah. i get what you're saying yeah i guess uh, uh from the last elections all that the hacking thing is obviously in a lot of people's minds um oh yeah dude they, yeah there's all this stuff. now now we got like obama gate where trump is like he keeps going in on the news he's like oh you know like obama the things they did or this and that because you know like if you ever hear him talk man he'll talk for like 10 minutes and not really say anything yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he like co- he coined this phrase Obamagate, and he's like, "Oh, you know the crimes," and it's like, we, nobody knows what you're talking about, man. You're crazy. <laughs> but like, no the, one knows what you're talking about. Yeah, but you know what? That's an interesting one with the um, the hacking, sort of um, the worry about hacking if you do it online. So I know from from was it the 2000 election with uh, was it Bush and Gore, mm-hmm. um, where there was a lot of sort of scrutiny over those results, right? And how a lot of them are sort of physically counted in, in Florida. I think they were talking about it. Yeah, and yeah, to recount yeah, well, it. And there was a yeah, punch. Was it? Yeah, they got what? Do a little punch hole or something in a piece of paper. And I don't know. There's a whole sort of farce about it, like how it's not actually that clear. So it kind of seems that it's gone back and forth in that sense. Like, yeah, we can't really do this manually. Then we go sort of autonomously and or automatically, or whatever. And um, suddenly that's not right because we've got hacking issues. So. It seems like, yeah, no, there's no sort of clear, clear-cut way to do it, is it? Yeah, you'd, you'd think at this point, as like, you know, modern history, we'd know how to fucking have an election, but apparently not. <laughs> so uh, you're quite, you're a relatively new country from an uh, from, uh, independent point of view, isn't it? So. Uh, oh, yeah, we're like, we're like the baby, man. We're like, on our, we're like that like, punk-ass like, 13-year-old girl right now who like, <laughs> drinks ice water because she thinks it keeps her thin, but just like, calls her mom a bitch and stuff. Yeah, we're, well, out of, we're out of our, we're, we're out of our mind, dude. <laughs> that's true. That's, it's an interesting point because you are like technically one of the only. I think I want to say one of the only because I don't. In case I got made a mistake, but one of the only one one of the only countries, sorry, to have not been um, to have defeated the British Empire basically in sort of you know early doors, if that makes sense. Right, yeah, we did it in our own sneaky way where we just like, we were you, but then we were like, but we're not anymore. And then we just like went into the old, the old, yeah. the old Indian stomping ground and started killing them. So like, basically well, we just, <laughs> yeah. Well, we, use- I, I actually, we secretly, we secretly blame the whole Europeans for that. We're like, well, we weren't really Americans yet. That was Europeans pretending to be Americans who did all that mass genocide of the Native Americans. Yeah, exactly. So you I'm use them to get, to get your land. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah uh, pretty much, right? <laughs> Yeah, then we lost the accents and we were just like, now we sound like, you know, New Yorkers. Here we are. <laughs> that's a, yeah. That's actually like a really interesting point, the accents, right? Because obviously we know they, the Europeans basically came across. How, how did that sort of specific accent develop? Like, I don't, this isn't a question to you. This is just me thinking sure. out loud. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. You, get, you get this across the world. Like in, in England, you can go from north to south and you'll get completely different variants of the sort of you know english accent but oh totally it's, it's, man like it's just intriguing yeah. i mean how it works and no accents are nuts i'm 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 more uh it's like you know in america we got several accents like I, i'm from the west coast so i can i kind of consider my voice to be the accent list like we have no accent 
but other people are like, oh, your accent's crazy. And I'm like, well, I mean, I guess that makes sense. If you talk in a different way, then you think I sound different or whatever. But like, I feel like my voice has like no sort of, uh, there's no sort of like anything to it. I'm just kind of like saying words and they just kind of fall out of my mouth, like real, real flat, straightforward. Right here, your accent or, you know, like Baz or uh, somebody from New Zealand or my friend in South Africa. I'm like, oh, you know, you guys got like, you guys got accents. I just kind of sound like a robot that kind of like woke up one day. <laughs> no, you know, it's a really, it's a really good, um, good topic of discussion, actually. I mean, I know, I know none of us are experts, but I would love to hear from someone one day who knows all about this linguistics and accents and shit and how it sort of uh, occurs. Because literally, you can go like different geographical points speaking exactly the same language and then your twang and your, you know, your accent, your thickness and certain vocabulary changes like instantaneously. Oh, so absolutely. So I mean, you know what, you know, what's cool, like about what you just said is like, you know, you think about like English, right? You know, like we're both speaking the same language. Somebody yeah. can distinctly tell the difference between our voices, right? Just because of our accents. Like yeah. when I was living in China and like Korea, I could kind of tell, but like, not really, you know, cause like my fluency was like literally like 1%, but like sure. you could, you could understand the difference between like, um, regions they spoke mandarin but they would speak it differently you know and you're like oh even they have accents you know it's like something we don't even think about it's if you don't understand it how can you tell the difference between like kind of ways of speaking it's kind yeah. of fascinating i would say it's a totally all over the world kind of thing which is which is cool yeah it's really interesting so yeah if anyone out there any of our listeners knows any linguistics or accent specialists tell them to get in touch because we'd love to speak to them yeah, oh, yeah man. Side, cool. as a sidebar <laughs> nice all yeah, right dude, i was uh Wait, sorry, I just got another thing regarding accents. Right, like, um, so, like, I was in Burning Man in 2011, and I met this girl. I can't remember her name. I apologize. She was a nice girl. But uh, <laughs> I was chatting her up. I was chatting her up. You know, I was on, like, some MDMA and shit, like, pretty drunk and everything. You know, we're having a big party. And, like, uh, I met sure. this girl. She ended, she ended up being from uh, Birmingham is what she told me. But I, mm. I, couldn't understand a, I couldn't understand a word she said, dude. I mean, I don't know if it was because I was, like, super fucked up, but, like, her accent was so crazy. And then I, I, I pissed her off because I was like, it was that like a Cockney accent. And apparently Cockney is from the South or something. Birmingham is way North or something right. like that, maybe. Oh, so when, she you was say, like, no. when you say Birmingham, you mean Birmingham, Alabama or Birmingham, UK, West Midlands? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, uh, England. Oh, oh right, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I guess maybe somebody from Birmingham, Alabama, I can even not be able to understand them too. I have no idea. Well, that, yeah, that's how I was agreeing with you. I was like, yeah, Alabama, I'm sure that's quite thick as well. Uh, no, that's accent. funny. <laughs> but no, no, she was she was from uh, from the UK, and like she was like, you know, she got all pissed and was like, no, that's not a, that's not a Cockney accent. I'm from Birmingham, you know, I can't really do that. And that sounds like that was more Liverpool, but you get the idea. I 100 percent know um, what you mean by a Birmingham accent, um, and yeah, um, cool. yeah, for the sake of not pissing off any of my fans, I'll say it's um, <laughs> it's, it's a nice accent. <laughs> Oh, they, they sound they sound great, man. As long as you're not yeah. interested in understanding words or like feeling any sort of happiness, you can you can admire how they talk. <laughs> now you know it is is it's a difficult uh, accent to get your head around. Both um, sure, both understanding and um, just general enjoyment of listening to someone. So yeah, it's not it's it's it's, it's a different it's a, it's an interesting accent. It's a mid range sure. accent, but <clears throat> I'll take it any day over like a like a hardcore southern, you know southern like you know united states accent like an Amer southern american accent i'll take yeah. a, i'll take any of your guys accents man that shit makes my teeth hurt when i have to hear people like that <laughs> well i'm the opposite mate and i think that's probably down to um longevity and sort of the amount we listen or hear those kind of accents right sure um, i'm a big fan of that southern american accent I'm, I'm a big country music fan so i can listen to that any day of the week 
Um, oh man, you know. yeah, you're 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 a better man than I. I can't. It makes me embarrassed. <laughs> it makes it humiliates me to be American. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I hear I hear all those. I hear those people talking, and that's when I'm like, oh, I should have just stayed in China, dude. Should have got my citizenship. <laughs> Fight oh, for the Red Dragon in World War Three. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, his accent stuff is an interesting topic. We'll we'll try and get a specialist on the show one day. I think hopefully to maybe um, iron this all out for us. But um, yeah, interesting stuff. All right, so Anthony, I'm going to stay with Anthony. I'm not going to go down sure. the Tony route. I'm going right to ask on. you. All right, so you're when I say I'm not going to say nineties baby because you weren't a baby in the nineties, but you're a nineties kid. Right. Yeah, I was, a, I was a nine. I was a nineties teen. You know, I owned a corn nice T-shirt, scene. maybe a limp, maybe a limp biscuit, one or two when I was a kid. Mm, nice, nice, nice. Not, not a choice. not a shame to admit it. No, no, I was <laughs> gonna say that's a good choice. I like that. Um, <laughs> all right, what's your early? Oh, I want to say earliest. Yeah, your earliest memories of the nineties. Let's start with that. Oh man, earliest memory of the nineties. That's. I mean, honestly, that's super easy, dude. It was learning that Magic Johnson had HIV. Oh shit! Was that did that come out in the nineties? I don't know. It's my first memory of anything remotely close to the 90s. I'm trying to think as close <laughs> to like 1990, January 1st as I can. All right. Fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, that and uh, honestly, my early memories of the, of the 90s were straight up just like Metallica, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Michael Jordan, and Magic Johnson, dude. Those are my, my childhood memories, man. Uh, yeah, that was what I spent my time doing, listening to heavy metal and not knowing that it was called heavy metal yet and listening to whatever the hell the Red Hot Chili Peppers were and wearing like, you know, shorts that went down to like the tops of my shoes and like just like you know wanting to buy a skateboard but not wanting to ride a skateboard and like walking watching michael jordan kill people it was great shit that is nuts man i'm watching that last dance at the moment um that show on netflix the michael jordan one <coughs> yeah yeah okay that, yeah yeah the, the jordan doc of course yeah i mean i'm not i don't know much about basketball to be honest I, but i think everyone knows household name is michael jordan and just sure. watching that trying to get an understanding of um his sort of influence on the sport it's crazy it's absolutely crazy, like how good a actual sportsman he was. Because a lot of people, they're sort of sports people, they kind of get famous and they have big reputations and names. And sometimes, not always, but sometimes their kind of ability is overhyped. But just watching that documentary, and again, not being a pure basketball fan or follower, it just seems like he was, uh, like in terms of football or soccer uh, analogy, he was like the Messi or Ronaldo currently back then of, uh, of basketball. It's nuts. Oh, absolutely, man. He he was like the the original like superhero dude. Like he was like that guy. Like, you know, I don't even have any developing memories of liking basketball. I don't remember when it began, but I I can tell you that I have specific memories of just like like you know being glued to the TV watching Michael Jordan, man. Like, so the NBA Finals are in June, and I remember my little sister. She's a few years younger than me. She had the worst birthdays ever because me and my dad every single year would be sitting in front of the TV watching a Bulls NBA Finals game while her birthday party was going on in the backyard. And we were just like, we were, she was like blowing her candles and I'd open the window and be like, shut up, you know, there's like seven seconds left. George about to hit this shit. Yeah, so like those, yeah, it's, her her days were always, uh, you know, hell. Nah, that's yeah, we just, we were just into those hoops, you know? Yeah, he was, he was the original, the original Superman for us as kids, at least for me. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of these people that um, they also show on this sort of the Last Dance um, uh, series, like they seem like they have a massive, massive influence um, alongside himself and with the Bulls and helping them win sort of that many championships and stuff. But mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, to be honest, uh, again, I'm not a basketball fan, but I've never heard of them. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I would have heard maybe heard of them in passing, but I would never sort of associate them with that level of uh, fame or ability. So it's no, totally, man. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's kind of like that. Uh, I don't know what you call it. That sort of ability to achieve that level of greatness is sort of, you know, it's 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 a it's a kind of a. I mean, literally, greatness. You know, the word special. They kind of imply that it's not going to be the everyday kind of thing. So like Michael Jordan's transcension into like international, you know, what he was, was, you know, one of a kind really, you know what I mean? I guess nowadays with social media and stuff, you got a lot more guys, like I'm sure, you know, LeBron James, of course. Right. Yeah. But it's like, he doesn't carry sort of the, the sort of almost intergalactic, like mythos that like somebody like uh, Michael Jordan has, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I guess it seems how it just shows, I guess, how strong a character, not a character, but a sports person he was, that he could influence that sort of, um, that global image and, you know, portray himself in that platform without the age of social media and all that. Do you know what I mean? It's nuts. Totally. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it was just the the ultimate combination of like, uh, he was sort of an interesting dude, obviously, but then like he kind of invented like the sneaker game, you know what I mean? Especially when it came to like basketball shoes. Sure. And then... And then to make it, you know, kind of like, you've ever watched the movie The Avengers? You know, like Thanos has got that glove. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the Infinity Gun. It's like all, he had the Infinity Stones, dude. And then, like, and then being unbeatable in, like, championship games was, like, that last stone. You know what I mean? When you, when you, when you don't ever lose and you're already the man and then you got, like, the shoe game on top of that, it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're just talking to the masses right then. You know what I mean? As far as sports are concerned. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting stuff, man. It's really interesting. Um, just sticking with basketball for a set, I've got a few questions for you. Obviously, like I said, I'm not a, not a, a proper, well, at all basketball fan. I want to know what Please. the lines on the court mean, first of all. Now, I, can, I, I can guess that three-point line, that big sort of outer semicircle on each side of the court. What are the yeah, other very line, good. Yeah, what are the other lines and circles for? I think one's a free-throw line, but what, what, there's so many lines. I'm just intrigued what they all mean. This is funny. I, I should I should tell you right now. You can't see me, but I'm, I'm smiling very big. These are these are adorable questions. But I will answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, the huge three. The huge line is a three point line, right? And then uh, you have what's called the key, which is basically just like the center area underneath the hoop. Yeah. And that's for like specific rules relating to how much time you can spend in them. What rules are when you get fouled, depending on where you are in there. There's like little sections. But then the yeah. line that's right there is just uh, yeah the free throw line. And then um, there's lines on the outside. That's the out-of-bounds lines. Yeah. Interesting. Why is yeah, um, that? You know, I, I think you said, uh, is it part of the key, the sort of circle part of the key where half of it sort of dotted or dashed they just call They just call that like the top of the key. I, I think that just is to signify if you're ever shooting free throws, like if you get fouled, you know, and you're standing at the free throw line shooting, you have ah, to just okay. stay, within, stay within that sort of penis head-shaped little area. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, I mean, that, that, that's good, dude. Because, yeah, I was watching some rugby with some friends. Like, uh, my buddy, he's from uh, Brighton or whatever, right? That's somewhere in England, yeah? Yeah, yeah, down south. He's from there. And my buddy, Jono, he's uh, from South Africa. We were watching some, I can't remember, I want to call it like Six Nations or something like that. Like, it's some, uh-huh. big, uh, some big rugby battle. Sure, yeah, I was yeah. doing the same thing, dude. I, I was asking them questions. I couldn't tell what the hell was going on. You know, like, all of a sudden, the dudes are like, I thought somebody dropped a contact lens and like the point of the game was to whoever can find the contact lens like, <laughs> win, win, wins a prize. Cause like, why are they all piled up on each other? I was like, I can tell what's happening. I yeah. They got lines in there and like, yeah, yeah. 
but uh, no, that was, it was, it was fun to learn even about some rugby, but yeah, same, same kind of thing. I was kind of like, you know, obviously there's a general area, but you don't know what any of the lines or anything's mean if you don't know what the hell you're looking at. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks for make, not making me sound so dumb, but I'm going to no, ask no, another sorry. question again, sure. which might make me sound even dumber, but all right. So growing up in school, we used to play basketball um, or we tried to at least. Um, and there was obviously a, a, a sort of a, I don't know what the word is, but something called traveling, right? Which obviously mm -hmm. is a bit, it's a basketball term. And I know it means yeah. you can't basically hold the ball and run with it. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. All right. So now when I watch sort of NBA on the TV and stuff, it seems like a lot of the time they're holding the ball and they're like taking a good few steps, like a sure. lot of the time. And it always seems in my head, shit, I swear that's traveling. Like when I used to do that at school, that was basically, uh, you know, you used to blow the whistle and stuff. That, how, how come it's so like I don't, I don't understand how is it determined because it it seems so much more laxed in the NBA than it was at school and this is a oh, man, I, think, I think the I think the refs are just lazy dude honestly like you can look up on YouTube there's famous clips of you know like uh, just famous players you know LeBron James Russell Westbrook certain dudes just they'll get the ball and they'll take like legit like seven steps before they take a dribble and everybody's just like like how do you not notice that but I honestly don't even know and like also you know like when you know you dribble right that's when you're like bouncing yeah. the ball yeah, and uh, they call like uh, you can call it like cupping, basically, where like you kind of flip your hand over, so the ball is now like your hand is underneath the ball, kind of like you're holding yeah, yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah, They'll do yeah. that while they dribble, and technically that's supposed to be like a rule that's called too. I think they just got real easy with it. Like the rules have changed a lot, and like that's just one thing where I think they're just kind of like unless it's like so so obvious, or if it like has an effect on like a play or something, they just kind of for whatever reason they got real lazy about calling the those kind of I things that you I, I, think I would be important. Mean. Yeah, yeah. No, I do see what you mean because I guess uh, the showmanship aspect of it as well kind of stands, right? Like if you're in the, I want to say from the three-point, was it? The three-point line. <laughs> yeah. Like you got Jordan something from these uh, video clips you've seen and like he's, um, he's uh, maybe perceived to be traveling in my eye, which is obviously sure. not an accurate eye, but it makes it more spectacular. Do you know what I mean? Like it's for the audience and stuff to see him make those yeah. few steps instead of dribbling just to sort of ricochet around players and then jump in the air and dunk it or whatever. Yeah, allow a little uh, sort of like dynamic action for sort of the, the drama of it, you know? And I guess too, like the one thing I can kind of say that's probably the most clear reason why they kind of like let things like that slide is because we're kind of talking about it in hindsight, right? But I think like probably those dudes are so huge and they're so fast. It's probably like, you probably just don't notice it when it's happening live, you know what I mean? That's a really like good the, point, actually. That's the, a really the, the, ref, the, the ref is standing there watching and like, when this giant, you know, 250 pound dude is like barreling along, it's like, you can't really watch everything that's happening, watch him doing his thing and also watch what his feet are doing, like all simultaneously. You know what I mean? So my, yeah. my, my defense for these, for these reps is I'd say like, you know, they're, they're human. They're, they're probably lazier and maybe not as good as they should always be. But I guess it's the, you know, it's the mm, fallibility yeah. or whatever being human. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. So well, sticking on the theme of basketball, I guess, um, Another, another. I'm, I'm talking about this documentary a lot, uh, or docu series, if you like, The Last Dance. But um, no, one thing every, that's everybody, everybody is, so you're good because everybody's <laughs> talking about it. Mate, it's so good, honestly. I'm, I'm, uh, like I said, I'm not an NBA fan or anything, but it's uh, so intriguing just because you know the no, name and you're learning so much. So I'm stoked you're liking it, man. My, my friend Joanna, who also lives in London, her and I were uh, talking on um, whatever WhatsApp yesterday, and she was telling me how she's watching it. Like, and mm. it's funny because, like, you know, like I'm a growing up as a kid like i said i was a diehard jordan fan like i haven't even watched it yet i don't even know if i will i almost like it's almost like i want the legend to like live inside my own like imagination it's like <laughs> bring, bringing it to real life could only poison it for me you know what i mean 
Fair enough, fair enough. Um, all right, so let's talk about the, um, the 1992 USA Olympic basketball team. Now, oh, yeah. again, from the, Olymp- uh, from the documentary that, was, uh, that seemed to be perceived as like, um, uh, yeah, a great team. And I think they won it, if I'm right in saying. Those Olympic yeah, I, games. Think th- I, I don't think they won any game by less than like 40 points. Yeah, yeah, they I mean, just, they just absolutely destroyed because that was um, I believe that was the first time NBA players were allowed to play on the Olympic team. Usually, it was like kids in college and stuff. Yeah, because usually it's amateurs, right? Um, yes. Yeah, so then when the pros sense. came, everybody was like, you know, it's hard too. There's probably like footage now of like dudes getting dunked on instead of like you know putting a hand out for to get you know have somebody pick him up. He's like holding a pen out to Michael Jordan, like asking to like sign his bicep or something. Because <laughs> they were all like, they were like, dude, these are the legends, you know what I mean? And like, having yeah. to get your ass whooped by them, it's got to be kind of fun. You know, that's an interesting question. Because if you say um, before that, no NBA players were allowed to play, was it was it a case from your knowledge that it wasn't NBA players had to play, or was it professional basketball players? Do you know what I mean like, um, as opposed to amateurs? Because then obviously you get the European players. Um, that is and- a good. That is a good question. I, th- I think at, at that time, the the sort of like right now, I think you get a lot of good international players like Lithuania, uh, places like that have talented players and stuff. But I think, I think back then it was, I don't know. That's actually something that actually would be cool to know. Cause I don't know even if, I think even our college kids back then could probably still have beaten like, you know, the full adult teens or at least played them tough. Cause I mean, when the dream team came along, they were just hammering whoever was in their, in their way. So I don't mm. know if it was just uh, maybe like an age limit or what the actual rules for the Olympics were. Yeah, fair enough. Because I know Croatia, they had a, well, sorry, it was, you, let's say Yugoslavia, but just before mm-hmm. that, and they had a lot of decent players who actually ended up in the NBA, uh, sort of post that uh, Olympics. And they totally. got a lot of them, were, a lot of them were maybe scouted from those games, you know what I mean? So if they were oh, professionals ab- in their own country, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I wonder, yeah, because there were, there were a few dudes that I remember from that era, like, uh, Oh my God, Pet! I can't remember people's names right now. But yeah, there was definitely some dudes. I know, like later, like after that, definitely was sort of the uh, was when the influx of European players in the NBA started happening. Like um, yeah, Vladi Divac, he got traded to Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was that was good for me and my Lakers. Um, Detlef mm. Schramm, you know, and then tons of dudes, and then kind of just more and more. Now, uh, maybe not right at this moment, but for the last several years, some of our best players have been uh, international players. Like Giannis Antetokounmpo is from Greece. Uh, Luka Doncic is from uh, Slovakia, I think, uh-huh. and you know they're be- they're beasts, dude. They're you know like top yeah. top five players in the league right now, kind of thing. So it's pretty cool. So I think there was that guy again. I'm I'm quoting the the docu series. What's his name? Kokic or Coke? Some something who ended up playing oh, for Tony, the Bulls. Tony Tony, yeah. Tony Kukoc. Kukic Kukoc. Right? Maybe, yeah. maybe maybe Anthony Kukoc. I don't know. Yeah, someone <laughs> like that. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that guy, no, Tony Kukoc was the man. Yeah, but that guy you mentioned, yeah, the Lakers guy, was it Divac? Um, yeah, yeah. Bloody. I remember, yeah, I remember years ago when I was sort of reading up on the uh, the sort of separation of Yugoslavia. I remember reading up, uh, reading up on that whole issue and actually seeing his um, documentary with, I think it was ESPN. It was called Once Brothers, perhaps. Um, totally, yeah. That was the that, thirty for thirty thing ESPN, that, ESPN that, does. Yeah, that was so interesting, man. Seriously, like, all this shit that that was really like really interesting stuff that's cool yeah that's that's really even extra cool because it's like kind of with the the jordan docuseries i'm assuming anyways is like you know it's about obviously michael jordan the basketball player but just 
behind every story is so many more stories and usually more interesting stories, more human sort of things yeah. going on. So something like something like that with Vladi Divac coming from like, you know, a country that had its own issues and not just being some, you know, dude who played basketball, but had like actual things in his life, you know, that kind of stuff is fascinating. It's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, it's a quick question. So 96 um, Olympic Games were held in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, what, what, what was the difference in uh, this dream team we're talking about? What happened to it? Did it, everyone get, not everyone, but the majority of people get older? Like, were the team not as good? Or what, what, why is it not called a dream team? Or was it still called a dream team? So the dream team was specifically called that because of the particular players on it. And also because I think it was, yeah, like the first time they were allowed to play like as pro. So it was kind of, instead of being like a, um, like a collection of, uh, you know, just our best. It was like literally like our dream team. It was like the best players that we had on American soil at the time on one team, as opposed to just like a collection of like the guys that could be in the Olympics. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. So then I think my, 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 my guess would be regarding the 96 team, just we already had the dream team once. So it'd be kind of weird to call them that again, because it's going to mm. be a little different. I'm actually looking at a picture right now. Um, they're all really good players. You're not, you're not, they probably won. I don't even have a clue. I, I should follow. The they they probably did. I should, be, <laughs> I should be, I should, I should be more of a Patriot, but uh, yeah, I don't see Michael Jordan. Don't see Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, like all the names that were kind of like, you know, we're talking top 10 all time players. Yeah, I see you know, what you mean. I see what you so mean. Maybe yeah. just not quite like, kind of like if you have a really uh, delicious meal made by mm -hmm. your mother and then next week your dad's like a little bit tired and he makes the same thing and you're kind of like, you know, you, you tried, but come on. <laughs> or something I don't know that's all it's a good analogy <laughs> yeah it's like you know you, you you gave it your all and it was it was better than eating nothing but you know this was no this was no dream dinner or whatever you want to call it bad play just a nice meal all right yeah <laughs> um do you do you have many memories of the 96 uh, Olympic Games by any chance no not a, not a single one I to, I'm, if one. I'm if I'm telling you the truth man like I'm looking at this right now uh I don't even remember. I don't even think I, I watched them play one minute of basketball. And then the Olympics is another thing that's funny for me. Is like, I like all the random sports. Like I love mm. uh, like ice, ice, like speed skating is something I would like never watch, but for some reason in the Olympics, it's kind of cool. Uh -huh. I love all like the, I love the winter games actually, like all the weird stuff that people do. Uh, the swimming for some reason is insane. I love the diving, but uh, the, the sort of like American cliche, you know, sports, you know, like baseball, basketball, uh, shit like that. For some reason, when when it comes to the Olympics, I'm just not I'm just not that curious about it for some weird reason. No, that's fair enough. To be honest, I was more talking about because I was um, looking again something. I I have no recollection of the '96 Olympic Games whatsoever. But I was reading something about um, the Centennial Olympic Park bombings, basically on American soil, which actually shocked me because I didn't realize there was a, there was an act of domestic sort of terrorism during the '96 Olympic Games. And that's something yeah. that really caught my eye. That was, that was really intriguing. Um, so, I was, yeah, I was wondering if you knew anything about that or you remembered it, because I know you must have been uh, still fairly young, but just uh, intrigued to know your thoughts. If, uh, if you remember that, well, that's why. Honestly, man, like, um, that's probably one of those things, like, uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know if it's just because all we had back then was, you know, a couple channels on TV or something, but it was probably something that, like, came up. But, like, I was, like, you know, 13 years old so like I, I probably just need to know how to register or even think about it like in like human terms you know what I mean yeah no fair enough 
Or, yeah, you know, I like, thought about it like like a movie or something. Yeah, but to be honest, it is yeah no, it's it's it is hard to remember those kind of global events. I guess at that sort of age, uh, sort of you know major major events. Um, it's kind of at that that kind of age you sort of stick to what you're interested in, if that makes sense. And that that's kind yeah, of what so. sticks, right? If you're talking about basketball and all that, you know you you've got to remember your first sort of basketball game or your basketball superstar favorite athletes, this that, and the other, but. Um, it's interesting though. So, what what would you say from the nineties, if it if it sort of works out that way, is the first sort of major news piece that you remember, um, you know, which affected your country or the world or anything like that? Because obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on each decade. But is there anything that really stands out for you in particular? Oh, dude, without a doubt, O.J. Simpson getting away with murder. O.J. Simpson. Okay, that's a that's yeah. a good one. Well, what are your yeah, memories sure- on that? uh basically it was the first time that like real life became something like sort of fantastical that wasn't like i don't know like that was not affecting me personally you know like i just remember waking up actually speaking of my sister's birthday the the murder the morning that he was driving around in the white bronco was actually uh my sister's birthday morning another another birthday ruined anyways um <laughs> but uh, i just remember it it happening and kind of following it because i was always kind of interested in like serial killers like violent criminal kind of stuff just the the fascination of like who these people are, what were they doing? Like, how do you kind of do that? So OJ was the first kind of big thing, you know, he killed two people then uh, somehow bumbled his way through it and got away with it. Cause his lawyers blamed like racist LA cops. And it became just this huge thing that was kind of my ultimate sort of, uh, I guess like a dip into sort of the whole power of like the media and like how you can, control narratives and like basically just like lie lie your way into your own sort of outcome and stuff and like it was very uh weird and sort of sad experience and it lasted a, a few years i think like it happened in like 94 and i think he didn't get free until like 95 maybe like um but yeah, the case remember, lasted like, the case lasted about like uh 10 months or something right nine ten months that was yeah, a crazy yeah. long case yeah yeah, crazy lawyers and like all sort of uh, things getting messed up. And I don't know, I, I've read a lot about it. I'm, I'm like 99.9% repeating positive he's guilty. Uh, but he, he got away with it somehow and it's, it's super messed up. Um, it was funny, man. Like, I, I remember actually exactly where I was. It's actually one of my only memories from middle school. This is before I was in high school. One of my only memories from middle school, I was sitting in this class, it was like a science class and that the teacher brought in the TV so we could watch like the actual verdict. And I was sitting next to my buddy. He was like this, this black kid named Perry. And uh, I remember he was like, you know, we find the defendant OJ or Orenthal James Simpson, you know, not guilty. And I just like, I remember like, I felt my stomach like drop, dude. Like I saw like my dog get hit by a car or something. I was like sick. And he was just like smiling like so hard. And I was like, that was my first sort of new, you know, all the, this whole thing kind of introduced a lot of new first things for me. But I remember looking at him being like, you know, we are like, we have different worldviews, you know what I mean? Cause I was yeah. just like, so dis- disgusted, but he was like stoked that like a black dude finally like didn't get sent to prison for something, even though it's the one yeah. time he deserved it. Yeah. But, uh, well, did you have, did, I know you're, I'm sorry, just sorry to interrupt, but I know, I know you're in middle school, so you're obviously fairly young. Um, but did you ever ask him or did you ever have a conversation about it as in why are you sort of smiling and I'm sort of like, so like shocked, if that makes sense? Honestly, maybe i don't really remember i i remember like uh i think it was that same night i went over to his house we were hanging out and like uh, his mom used to make us like a sort of like fried uh peanut butter and jelly sandwiches you know what i mean like grilled peanut jelly sandwiches 
God, dude, I remember like cool. uh, oh dude they were they were good but like I, I remember <laughs> like uh, feeling like the sort of like the black sheep you know even though they were the black family but anyways <laughs> like uh, she she was ma- she was making uh she was making our grilled cheese sand- or our uh, grilled peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and she like pulled me aside and she's like you know I I usually put like a like a Fruit Loop crust you know sort of like a French toast style like on it for like Perry and like Ramon who was like his his our other black friend like. She was like, but you probably don't like the Fruit Loops, right? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, she's like, you know, like usually white kids don't like this this cereal. And like, I was really like sad because I was like, how did she know? Because I hate Fruit Loops; they're disgusting. But I was also like, <laughs> I wanted to be, I wanted to be, I wanted to be cool and have like the kind of nasty fruity crust like Perry and Ramon were eating. But uh, and I don't know if she did that because like she knew that I hated OJ or what. But I will never forget that. That's that's uh, that's that's fucking hilarious slash very intriguing. Like very very intriguing to understand oh, the sort of thought process behind that. And uh, do you guys yeah. have do you guys have the, that kind of cereal over there? Like that disgusting fruity cereal, that bullshit. I, I'm sure there's a few on the shelf. To be honest, I haven't had cereal in about a decade, but yeah, there must be a lot of shit. Um, no, cereal, shit cereal is generally um, a lot of it is a lot of shit. But um, all right, yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. But I, yeah, I remember because we used to have like commercials and shit. You know, America's got a shove everything down your throat like with entertainment like marketing we're like yeah it's just the uh, these fruity circle things look like little little uh you know like lifesavers or whatever just little circle yeah. things and they mm. they smelled sort of like uh i don't know dude you ever been to like a like a jungle where like a lot of fruit has fallen on the ground like rotted it smelled like <laughs> that anyways just i have horrible memories about these disgusting cereals that i ever ate <laughs> all right so your biggest memory of um, the oj trial was the Fruit Loops? That's the that's the hypothesis we're coming to at the end, right? The conclusion. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> it, the the sandwich was good, and actually, I do remember too. I think I spilt like a lot of it, like on my shirt. It was like hot, you know, it's like hot peanut butter. And, like I'm surprised I don't have like burns from it, but yeah, like a hot glop of peanut butter like hit me in the stomach. I was like, oh, but I had that cool, dude, because I was like, they were against me, man. That was when I knew, like, I was like, racism is real, dude. Like, they hate me for hating OJ. <laughs> that's when our friendship fell apart no just kidding they're, they're good kids <laughs> <laughs> but you know I, I was um again looking at looking at some videos on that as well and um a lot of the people kind of uh, let's let's talk about the black people themselves they kind of said not it was payback but they they were more sort of in celebration of like you mentioned earlier yourself um finally getting a decision <clears throat> excuse me against the um the police department being Definitely. black themselves rather than the actual um the case itself do you know what i mean yeah, how that, guilty that, he may seem but well that's what was so sort of like um you know sickeningly beautiful about like uh the defense was a uh, like johnny cochran and uh oj's lawyers they didn't really make it even about oj they were like he's probably guilty like but like they made it about just the the corrupt uh sort of policing of the whole black community sort of minority communities like in los angeles and kind of made it like a a celebration of basically like the police versus like black people and kind of like just converted the whole narrative. That's when like everything kind of changed a little bit, you know, and then it was, that's when, you know, OJ and them just kind of yeah. sailed smooth and clean yeah. into. That. I think that was, I think that was a big turning point. Uh, again, watching like these documentaries and whatever on that whole trial, the, the fur, I think they call the Furman tapes. And um, yeah, Mark, Mark, Mark Furman was the idiot. Mark Furman. Yeah. That guy. And when, when you sort of heard the literature coming out of his tapes, like, you know, it's so sort of derogatory towards your case as a uh, prosecutor. Like if you hear one of your cops doing that and then, you know, that the defense's main main case is kind of like planting evidence or this, that and the other, you know, or ta- contaminating 
the, the evidence, etc. But that that was crazy hearing the kind of stuff he was saying. Um, I think whether that's by chance or whether you know that had any part to play in the actual cases, um, I think it was kind of set in stone from that stage. Totally, yeah, yeah. Furman was a, a moron racist, and uh, it's sad that people like him are out there. But yeah, it also just yeah, like I said, it's it's just it's just sad that things can be so skewed in certain ways when just if you just look at nothing but the evidence in a vacuum it's like oj did it dude. that's all there is to it you know what i mean but that's the way it goes no fair enough um so being on the west coast were you were you were you always in oregon um or were you uh, any any other sort of states or parts of the country just have interest well i was i was speaking of la i was i was born in los angeles but i lived there only for a few years i think we moved up here when i was like six or seven and i spent oh, okay. all my all my life since then, you know, other than a few years over in Asia and a couple of years moving back to LA for work. Like, I mean, the majority of my life, like in Portland. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Were you, um, were you around during the, the LA riots in the early nineties? Um, I mean, I was, I was technically like alive during it. I, I recall like a Rodney King beating and stuff. That was another thing where it just kind of wasn't quite sure like how to, you know what I mean? It was something like you'd walk by, because back yeah. then, like, when I, when I was a kid, man, I mean, you know, the news was only on at, like, you know, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. That was it, you know, like, sure, and if my sure. parents were, that's if my parents were watching, my dad was probably watching, like, a Lakers game or something. So, like, so my, my sort of uh, news sort of uh, information was, was far and few between, especially as a kid who just didn't really even think about it. I was too busy, you know, trying to, get, like, cop a win with Ryu on Street Fighter 2 or something. <laughs> yeah, fair but enough. But I mean, that, I, but yeah. I definitely, Sorry, uh, I, no, I'm just saying, I definitely remember. I mean, it's just fun to kind of put myself in the place of those memories. And I don't want to try to like make some crap up and be like, oh, I had this or this memory. Like no, those are things that like in hindsight, you know, you, you kind of get a perspective. But back then, I don't, I don't know. I don't have any idea. It would be kind of fun to go back sort of a Christmas Carol style and watch my old self kind of live through that and see if I had any, re <laughs> see if I had any reaction to it. Cause I don't remember. Reenact in those Fruit Loops, uh, Perry Sazo. <laughs> yeah no nah, that's interesting because that that kind of um yeah i guess that that was kind of another theme of that sort of uh, uh decade wasn't it those and uh, we mentioned the oj trial as well the um police versus sort of minorities especially uh black people obviously. well i think yeah because the, the oj trial was sort of a redemption for that wasn't it i think was the rodney king thing in like the early 90s i was like yeah, that was, I, think that was, I think right yeah that was right at the start so this kind of seemed like exactly like you said redemption that's why they the, the the sort of the community the black people were kind of like they they seemed like it was a victory against the police as opposed to the actual case itself and you know maybe whether they believe or not he was innocent that's you know that's their own uh story totally which i mean i guess you know it does make sense you know when you're especially in, in this country you know we're like everybody's a fucking racist and you know everybody's treating anybody that's not like a white blonde haired you know wasp or whatever like you know like royalty and everybody else is kind of <laughs> just like hoping to get any scraps that we can you know what i mean yeah it's nuts one one thing i found interesting about um uh going back to the la right so right before that Obviously, the Rodney King situation, which happened, which kind of sparked those riots, um, as well as I think there was a young black girl who got shot in a in a convenience store owned by Koreans, by a Korean lady, um, oh and I think that that was really interesting because that's two minority groups back then, and Koreans were kind of um, I don't know I just found it really confusing. Obviously, on the outside looking, because that was two minority groups sort of 
you know, coinciding with each other and starting something up. I, 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 I don't know how, how to explain it, but it just seems strange. I mean, it wasn't, how I would say, sort of, you know, typical Americans or white people against a certain ethnic group, minorities, two ethnic minority groups who are, you know, who have come to the country at a certain stage, you know, fueling some sort of, you know, arguments and then turning into whole city riots. Yeah. I don't know if you remember sure, anything yeah. about that, but. I, I do kind of remember a little bit, but I mean, that, that kind of situation, I mean, sadly sounds uh, pretty, pretty typical, honestly. I mean, maybe not to sound like some judgmental bigot, but you know, like I can only imagine as like a, as a, as a person who is like thought to be a white person. I mean, I guess I am right. Like walk around, like I look like a white dude, like I get treated like a white dude, like whatever, like I can see, you know, like uh, it being a very simple matter of just a, uh, language communication you know judgments being made you know if a, if a korean woman and her husband are at a convenience store and like you know some some black dudes in hoodies walk in because we have like tv and we've kind of made up all these weird stereotypes that we kind of like ingrained into the culture like i could see how you know like that could either side of that could have some judgment on the other for whatever reason you know what i mean and like sadly it seems like just a, a normal sort of a like mis not mistaken identity but sort of a, a random situation of racism built off you know like nothing but misjudgment of each other kind of thing so it's odd hello oh sorry i was on mute there hey what's up <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i'll just repeat everything i just said for the last minute um <laughs> <laughs> Um, now I was saying, um, yeah, you mentioned the OJ Simpson trial there. Is there any other parts of the nineties or anything that you remember, whether it be in the news or even by hindsight, which sort of got you thinking, oh shit, I do remember that issue or that, you know, certain topic coming up. Any major from, points that, you know, that you remember being back in the nineties? From the nineties. I mean, the nineties was a point for a lot of stuff. You know, you had like a grunge sort of uh rock music kind of came up i mean you had uh the columbine shooting um is that was that in the days of uh jeffrey dahmer too i don't know i feel like a lot of fucked up shit happened in the u.s in the 90s um yeah i it think of those dahmer. things you know, dahmer was that the serial killer guy yeah jeffrey dahmer was like the cannibal serial killer like fucked corpses and did other weird shit oh sure yeah, he's a he's a dark son of a bitch, man. He's worth looking into. He's pretty interesting. It's nuts. I know they caught the um, was it the U Unabomber? Was that in the nineties? Oh God, it must have been in the nineties. Mm. Shit, man, see, I'm so bad. I'm so bad with timeline. This is this is actually really good for me. This is teaching me how little I know about anything. <laughs> I wouldn't go by my uh, questions as accurate statements either. But <laughs> hey, no, no, no. It's just, it's just fun. It's just fun to think about because these are things I have like thoughts about. But like when you put them in perspective, like the time period, it's kind of actually, it's an interesting way to th to think about like the the things that happen and what could have sure. happened as a cause of it and stuff. Um, mm. The Unabomber, though, ah, dude, I don't, I don't remember, man. That's another one where like I kind of heard about it and it was sort of like so mysteriously like strange sounding. I I couldn't really put it in perspective of what I thought about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, nah, fair enough. But yeah, there was a there's a lot of shit going on in the nineties, I guess. I mean, there's one era where I've kind of thought, um, obviously myself growing up in the nineties, it was I never knew half the shit. And I mine my memories are all from hindsight, more or less. Um totally. none of this is kind of, you know, first 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 sort of case knowledge, but it's really interesting to look back on it 
and to actually see how pivotal the 90s was. Do you know what I mean? Like people talk about, you know, you know, the 60s and so much happened in the 60s and talking about, talking about from a music point of view or civil rights or, you know, moon sure. landings and Cuban missile crisis, you know, all this shit. And then 90s, it kind of not gets washed away, but I don't think people understand how important the 90s was. Or I guess we're just talking here tonight about Americans and American sort of life, but it obviously affected the world because it was kind of the start of American globalization and um, the Cold War ended, you know, Nelson Mandela got freed from prison, this and the other. And yeah, it was, it was a crazy time, man. Like looking back for me, purely in hindsight, but um, very, very interesting period. Um, yeah, no, that that's cool. Like, so wait, like, I got a question for you just because I'm curious sure, now. Sure. Like, what, what, what's, something, what's something from like a sort of European point of view? Because I'm sure you guys, your information, I imagine, news-wise is shared a little bit more broadly because you guys are all kind of, you know, you got as many countries together as we do just states in our one country, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, is, yeah. There anything, is there anything in the 90s, whatever, early 2000s that kind of like you remember being like, holy shit, like this is like a real big deal? Yeah, so for me, um, I think like you mentioned earlier, you, you in the 90s was a, well, like a t- it was your teenage years, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it was uh, my, my uh, pre-teen years. So, you know, the decade okay. before that. Um, but I think one of the earliest global, global sort of, memories i remember and i i'm actually not even sure if this is the 90s i'm pretty sure it's the back end of the 90s but it was um the um the the bombings in east africa against the u.s embassies oh, shit, uh, okay. I, th- I think i think that was um that was the late 90s that right you know right at the very end but that that's one of my um earliest memories of sort of global you know catastrophes if that makes sense i think Damn, yeah. uh, that was one. And obviously, sorry, from a UK point of view, which is probably global, a princess Diana's death as well. That, 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 I remember that quite, when I say vividly, as, as vividly as you can remember as a, as a youngster. But um, I, think, I think, yeah, those kind of, situ- those kind of uh, events definitely stick out. And totally, fo- yeah, dude. Football, football World Cup, sorry, just to put in the football World Cups. Oh, right. I can tell you a kind of funny World Cup story if you want to hear that that was I thought was kind of funny for me. So like as a person who has, you know, loved, uh, you know, whatever basketball, American football for most of my, you know, life, just did the sports I watch and stuff like uh-huh. that. In 2010, I was living in Los Angeles and working for this company that was owned by some South Africans. And uh, one day, uh, it was like pretty early in the morning. This was in the summer, like May or whatever, April or something. Anyways, uh, my manager like came over and like put this like book down in front of me and I like pick it up and I'm like fl- flipping through it. And I'm like, it's clearly like a football soccer book. Right. And I'm like, what is this? And he's like, he's like the world cup, dude, it's happening in two weeks. And I was like, what the hell is the world cup? I had like no idea what it was. So uh, I'm flipping through and he's like, everybody has to put 50 bucks into like a, a pot. And then whoever like picks the team that wins wins or they split it, you know, if you pick it. So basically, uh, I had never heard of the world cup in my entire life. I had no idea what it was. I mean, I knew what soccer was. I knew who like, a couple names were and stuff, but I didn't know anything about soccer and I had no idea the world cup was something. So I paid 50 bucks and I, I picked uh, Spain purely off the fact that flipping through the book, I was like, these guys seem the most like handsome and cool, not knowing anything. <laughs> handsome and cool. <laughs> I was like, these guys, I was like, these guys seem the most slick. Cause I was going to go with the Germans, but they just looked a little too severe for me. And then like all the, all the, all the dudes from like the Netherlands, I could just tell they were tall. I was like, I don't know if I can trust tall guys when it comes to soccer. I was, this is how clueless I was. And of course I knew the USA was going to be shit. Yeah. So like, uh, so I picked Spain and then I ended up winning like 450 bucks. It was cool. Damn. Yeah. 
I had, but I had, but I had, a, I had no idea what the World Cup was. But now I can proudly say the World Cup is by far my favorite. Uh, I should say every four-year sporting event by leaps and bounds <laughs> my favorite thing. Like this last year, uh, Baz, who we mentioned earlier, your friend, our buddy Tim, we all lived in China together, and they they got me into it. Like, uh, we lived in China for the la- not not the last World Cup, but the World Cup before when um, I think Germany won. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. France yeah. France won this last one, right? Yeah, so France won the last. I think Germany won the the one before that you mentioned in in Brazil, I believe. Yes, yes. So we we were all in China, you know, watching it every night, you know, because the time zones are all insane. We're uh, yeah, that out must have been bars. nuts time zone. That must have been crazy time zone. It was like pretty the, fun, the, man. The, the we'd, be, we'd be watching. Oh, uh, it we it was fun, dude. Except it was kind of sad seeing like uh, your your countrymen after I think you guys lost to Iceland or something. And it's getting like drunk all night long and then four in the morning rolls around and then you realize that you guys are out of the tournament and just watching like a sad, a sad, a sad drunk Englishman walk home is a depressing sight. But yeah, I had no skin in the game because I knew like my, I didn't, I didn't give a shit about America. So I was just a front runner. I just picked whoever was good. I was like, oh, I like the Germans tonight. And they're like, fuck you. Everybody knows we're the best team. I was like, yeah, I'm just feeling they're going to do it. <laughs> but uh, that was good times. But yeah, now I, now I love the World Cup, man. It's amazing. No, that's pretty cool. It's a shame though, because that that experience of yours was what? What year must have that been? Um, the German World Cup, two thousand fourteen, right? So yes, the last experience, the experience after that for you, twenty eighteen. I, th- I don't think you guys even made the World Cup, which is it was quite a big shock when you've got um, such a small kind of pool in terms of North American teams to choose from. I think that must yeah, have been we- shock. Apparently we just suck. And it was actually really funny because, you know, like soccer is not really something like our kind of sports culture talks about like, yeah. in, in sports, sports news and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was hilarious because like for a, for a couple of weeks leading up to the World Cup, there was all these like morons who clearly you could tell like knew as much about soccer as I do. And uh, they're just spewing all this crap out of their mouth talking about like what, you know, what America needs to change next time so we can make the World Cup and stuff. And I was just kind of like, why don't we just accept that like there are some things that like we suck at. It's okay, dude. Like we suck. It's fine. <laughs> relax you know what i mean like let's support mexico you know let's give mexico's team some money and like make them good because you know they're basically our neighbors there you go there you go but yeah mexico, but i was yeah. i was i was stoked this last time i bought a actually an adidas mexico uh not a not a kit top or whatever but like just a mexico world cup t-shirt but mm. it was hilarious because I, ta- I was talking with baz because uh i ordered it you know and it came kind of late and i got it in the morning that like brazil like kicked the shit out of them and like they were out of the tournament but anyway, it's a very comfortable shirt, so we'll call it good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I remember no, if I put it on, I, I put it on, and then, like, the, the horn or whatever the hell, like, called out, like, the, like they were in, like, two minutes of overtime, whatever the hell you call it, and, like, then the game was over, and I had to go, well, the shirt was a waste, but it's very comfortable. <laughs> well, yeah. There you go. There we go. Uh, yeah, no. England, England was kicking some ass in this world, last World Cup, I recall. You guys played... Uh, don't tell me. Let me see if I can remember this shit. Uh, Croatia won. They beat somebody. No, 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 no. They lost to Croatia in the third place game, or Croatia lost to Croatia lost to France, and then oh, England played uh, Brussels, or who the hell were they playing? Bro, Brussels. <laughs> England played the capital of Belgium. <laughs> Belgium. That's it. No, no, Belgium. no, no. I was going to no, get no, there eventually. No, no sorry, I, I was, I was saying the piss. Um, you were spot on there. England lost in the semis to uh, to Croatia, and Croatia lost in the final to France. 
the last World That's Cup. That's right. But then, but then England lost to Belgium in like the whatever they call the third place game or whatever, right? Yeah, England lost that third and fourth place playoff. I, I genuinely, for, for the life of me, I can't even remember who it was. Like genuinely, I, I yeah. don't think I watched that. That's how. Um, I think it. I think it was Belgium because they wore that kind of like uh, that stylish sort of like. Uh, yeah, it might may well have, Yeah, it may well have been because they they are a quality team. So, yeah, might 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 have been them. Um, yeah, I was I was I was stoked on an England team for a minute there. Like, uh, yeah, because I was talking with my buddies from from your neck of the woods, and uh, they mm. kind of converted me for that tournament. I was down. I was in, I was into them. Yeah, it was a good run, man. It was a really good run. It was a really good, real good feel factor yeah. in the country. And you know, when you see the, uh, England go that far, it's it's kind of rare. So mm-hmm. it was a real, real, real good feel factor. And um, we had some great summer weather to watch it. So uh, yeah, for me, it was a great That's summer. That's cool. I do remember that vividly. I gotta say, man, like uh, that's something I kind of, uh, in a, in a certain way, learned about uh, just non-American sports culture that I didn't really know, like uh, how you guys can appreciate sort of going to a certain distance just because it's like proving your own worth, like you know, knowing that there's gonna be a maybe team better, but but being excited about kind of like just even making it that far was like I think American culture, we're so like deluded and like greedy. It's like we we just like sit and like cry and like weep if we don't like win everything. It's pathetic. <laughs> But I, I do think it's different as well because if you look at America, if you look at American sports where you kind of have that uh, sort of chain reaction, the sense of getting far in a tournament globally, is there's not many big global tournaments out there where you can progress that far. In the sense of sure. a lot, a lot of your sports are basically home brewed, right? In the sense of you made them, or you know, you're kind of the best in the world at them, and not many yeah. partake in them. So it's kind of yeah. more domestic as opposed to a global sport. Whilst obviously yeah. a World Cup is maybe, you know, arguably the, the biggest or second biggest, you know, global sporting event in the world. You know, sure. the Olympics is different. It's, it's got a different sort of, you know, um, you know, sort of glamour to it. You know, not all sports you bring to that. Yeah, it's different, whatever sport you follow. But I think that's totally. another case. I mean, so it's, it's very interesting. Like, I guess it does kind of make sense, though, because, like, obviously America is, like, just you know these capitalist money hungry fiends you know everything's got to be making money and about money so i guess like inve- investing in like a world cup team is sort of like a waste of time or they probably look at it that way because it's kind of like obviously the players you know they want to be passionate about it we're going to support them but at the end of the day it's like we can't we can't there's nothing for us to actually gain and like we don't care about pride you know we're fucking mm. we're assholes you know what i mean like we don't we get nothing about pride we want like that new big shiny stupid thing so like that could be, a, I wonder, maybe part of it or something. I don't know. Or maybe we're just so shitty that, like, we just don't care. <laughs> um, what, 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 I want to know what the um, – has the MLS um, grown in the USL over the last decade, let's say, since a lot oh, of big, big English players have sort of – and not just English, sorry, you know, Irish, Swedish, big players from, you know, European leagues have moved there for a certain um, amount of time. Uh, quite a lot of them have. I, I want to tell you the answer is yes. It's becoming a lot more popular. I think even Portland has a team, the Timbers or something. I don't know if that's MLS or what. Yeah. But I know Portland a lot of people who, who – Okay, yeah. I know a lot of people who love to go to that. I think we were actually in a – we were in a final, like a championship round a couple of years ago or something. So I'll tell you a quick, quick jump in there story. So one of my, when, I, when I first started supporting um, uh, my team in England, one of the first players who I sort of followed and really enjoyed – his name was John Spencer. And uh, when I sort of looked him up years later, he was actually managing the Portland Timbers in their MLS. Oh, really? I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I was, I was baffled. I was like, right on. That's cool. 
Wait, wait. So wait. Let me. I don't know anything about England. Let me try to guess you. Are you? Are you? A, are you an Arsenal guy? That's the only team I know. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll we'll keep that anonymous just for uh, to to scare off any uh, potential listeners. But um, okay, yeah. perfect. Let, yeah. let, let's say it's a London team. Yeah, so you're 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 in the right region. <laughs> right on, right on. Yeah, I, I had a, I had a buddy, uh, another Anthony. When I when I lived in Korea, we were good friends. And like, uh, all he would do is like pout, and I was always like, "What's wrong?" He's like, "Arsenal, man, we're we're so terrible." And I was like, "I don't even know what you're talking." I thought he was, for the first like ten minutes, because like Arsenal in, in American English, anyways, is like a, to describe a a uh, collection of like weapons or something, basically. Yeah. So yeah, I thought uh, he was like, I yeah. thought he, I thought he was, yeah. I, I mean, I assume it's the same for you guys, but uh-huh. I thought he was, I thought he was some sort of psychopath who's like hoarding weapons. And I was like, why are you always complaining about like your weapon stash, <laughs> dude? Like, what the hell are you talking about? But then I learned that Arsenal was his soccer team. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, you're right. That is actually what it means. But um, just your depiction of what he was talking about. It's fucking. Yeah, hilarious. it was crazy. I was always, like, <laughs> he was always like walking around with his head down being like oh my arsenal you know we're, we're so terrible and i was like, are you, like what are you saying like your guns don't work i don't know what the hell you're not even an american like why would you have guns <laughs> oh, that's a very good question that's a very good question uh B, well on a side note b-san is a big uh goon himself or arsenal fan um, okay yeah i think i think yeah when he, he and tim and i have talked i'm I trying to remember tim's team just so i could have another reference but i cannot remember <laughs> a single football team in england except for uh Arsenal. Oh, you said, you, said, you said he's from Brighton, right? So he's a Brighton mm-hmm. fan or? I don't want to say, I feel like he said something else. I think if he said Brighton, I would have remembered because I knew he was from there. Oh, Some other enough. team. Fair Liverpool, fair. I don't, I can't remember. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Well, mate, you know, it's um, interesting you brought up the gun topic. Let's go back to the statement you made. Well, not statement, but uh, something you mentioned earlier when we were sort of reminiscing through the 90s and you mentioned Columbine, obviously a, a big talking point um a big issue that happened in the 90s um i'm very intrigued to sort of first of all for the listeners who don't know what it is maybe if you can just give a slight backdrop but i'm intrigued because i think from my maths you probably were a very similar age at the time of someone you know who was who was very similar age of sort of high school students at that time yeah that was like my yeah yeah no so i'm just really intrigued to know what um Number one, if you if you're aware of that situation, what any changes were going on in your school, and maybe advice from your school or parents, etc., and how things changed, and how if if at all, if it changed your mindset, or if you were not aware of it all. Um, no, no, it was definitely a huge, huge deal. Uh, Columbine was a was a was a massive thing all over the country. It was, it was number one. It was like scary for everybody because you know, like obviously. It happened in a school. We were students. Obviously, our parents are all freaking out, you know, because it happened by students. Mm. Um, it woke up people to a lot of things, a lot of like, uh, obviously, gun issues, uh, mental health things. Uh, they were looking for scapegoats everywhere, man. Like Marilyn Manson, you know, like the musician got blamed for stuff. Um, again, uh, not to like put like humor on the situation, but like my my last couple of years of high school, I all I did was like smoke pot and like did LSD and like mushrooms and like ecstasy like every night. So like I don't even remember honestly like if we did something about it or like maybe if we didn't go to school the next day or if we went home that day. Like I don't remember, but I remember the news about it was definitely uh on everything. It was a very it was a very new kind of uh violence, you know what I mean? And I remember people were definitely freaking the fuck out. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I'm just wondering from hindsight, obviously now, um, obviously in hindsight, now you know more about the situation, obviously, as opposed to being, you know, living that era. 
sure. it, does that not bring back any memories like all like you know oh shit maybe our school brought in metal detectors or extra security or you know i don't know um for something i remember from a few years ago with the parkland you know parkland shootings in the florida some teacher decided to take up arms i don't know shit like that you know did, did anything like that happen that for you know from your from your recollection not in uh not where i was not in portland i mean we're pretty like pretty like kumbaya kind of a city or especially where then i think like i don't yeah, remember mountain, anything weird folk. <laughs> yeah no I, I don't i don't remember uh i don't remember anything weird happening man honestly like i'm trying to rack my brain i think maybe like we just went to school we went home early that day maybe like uh there was something maybe they had cops like positioned outside the school for like a couple weeks uh I do not remember, man. I, I can't, I can't remember. I just remember it. It's kind of more, um, national, like sort of like a social effect, like how it was kind of like playing with like people's minds to like the news and like what it, what it could mean, you know, like what is, Oh, what is bullying? Like, how do we deal with bullying? How did these kids get these guns? Like what made them feel like this? Was it the music? Like, how did we let the kids with guns in to come? You know what I mean? Then like, obviously I'm sure you guys, here in the news all the time i mean it's only gotten worse and worse and we've had like so many insane mass shootings like it make columbine look like you know like nothing sadly yeah absolutely i mean i think i think you touched on a really good point there because i think the the reason behind it in terms of the perpetrators i think that's a really good question what made them do it and there's so many different arguments about it. and all right we might be isolating to one instant but it kind of sort of extrapolates out there's so many different reasons why maybe people would do something like this. Um, what was your, yeah. for, again, in hindsight, what do you think now, if you have an opinion on it, um, you know, could be the reason because, you know, people coming out from the media and left, right and center, like you said, Marilyn Manson and, you know, violent games and, you know, I'm um, sure, sort of uh, rock and roll music, etc. cetera. I'd, I'd be pretty sure now I'm sure they have like uh, specific books like written about those kids and everything that happened. I'm sure they know exactly sort of more or less why my, my guess, like looking back was it probably had to do with uh, just the way, the way they were treated and kind of like in having their own sort of uh, ideas of things they liked anyways, and sort of that perfect storm, you know what I mean? Like being the sort of outcast, uh, having familiarity with like the use of guns and also like uh, being bullied and like told that, you know, like you're just a fucking loser or whatever by some asshole. And then, and then having just the right kind of friend where you can kind of find camaraderie in your own sort of a, uh, you know, poisoned mind, I guess, is what I, is what I assume. And they kind of just agreed that like, Hey, let's, let's do this. You know, we're, we're kind of tired of taking this shit. Let's show them like, what's up and like where we are and like, you know, they can't really do this. And then, you know, one thing leads to another. And then I always imagine too, you know, like uh, what might happen once it actually begins, like once you fire that first shot, like do you go into like a panic and like regret what you're doing or does that make you shoot more? Cause you're freaking the fuck out or, or do you have like this weird all of a sudden, like, this lust for more violence like i mean i don't i don't know the psychology of all that but i, f I find it very interesting that's actually a really good question uh, a really good thought actually because obviously not not a lot of people would sort of think about that but you're spawned because maybe once you've done a deed so you know abhorrent like that you you, you know for for whatever reason it might actually change your mindset and you might be like oh shit and you might actually freeze sure. or you know flight or fight or freeze whatever it may be you know whichever stance yeah. you take and you don't really hear much about that. You kind of sort of see people seeing it through and I don't know, but it's, that's, that's a very good point. Very good. There's gotta to be, about it. yeah, th stuff like that going on. Like, um, actually speak, speaking of death in high school, I kind of forgot about this, but uh, I had a friend, um, 
I won't say his name or, or his victim's sure. name, but a, a, yeah, sure. a, a dude that I was, I was legit friends with in high school. Uh, and I remember, oh, even tying it further into that, we made a little diorama of, uh, of uh, JFK, John F. Kennedy's like assassination, our president in 1962, I think. Uh-huh. He got uh, killed. He and I did this diorama of that. But anyways, like later, I think this was in the summer between my junior and senior year, maybe the year right after high school was over. Him and his best friend, another dude that I knew, they got in like a squabble over like 20 bucks worth of pot or something. And this particular individual who I knew uh, ended up stabbing his, his best friend in the bathtub like 48 times or something. Fuck like killing him because, because, because of an, well, because of an, killing him because of an argument. But, but my point is like, there's like something I think they call like overkill. It's basically like where once you're, once you're sort of hurting someone in an intimate way, you know, with a knife or something, it's like your brain kind of goes into this like psychotic panic to where like you can't stop stabbing because your brain is, is more terrified of them surviving for you to feel like guilty than it understands that you're killing them or something like that. I'm not exactly how it works. I hope that's not a completely wrong uh, sort of picture of that, but, but that's the kind of idea is basically your mind sort of unravels from your body and you just, and you, you can't stop like the violence that you're doing because of some psychological hurdle of like a, fear or something or guilt or whatever the hell it is i don't know but yeah it's no, fucked I, up yeah because I, I, I knew that dude and now, now he's obviously in prison sure that is nuts I, I get i get the kind of um sort of segment you're making that that makes sense uh to a certain degree obviously um yeah i mean obviously in 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 the situation we're talking about the column i, I don't i don't see that personally obviously from obviously the the literature and the news reports etc um, yeah no i don't, I don't it's think interesting it's very interesting why yeah, how it now could with, happen with, with the yeah with the columbine guys i very much doubt that was i mean i don't think that would kind of be what you do with a gun unless you just stand there and start spraying bullets obviously they mm. kind of had a, a calcul- calculated approach mm. but it did make me think about uh all the possibilities i mean like, at the end of the day it's kind of like you know with with any kind of criminal it's like there's not really a uh criminal psychotic this is what they're feeling textbook and especially if they're not alive or around to answer questions you know you got to make your own sort of assumptions but um yeah, Columbine probably was was nothing like that. It just got me thinking about other kind of uh, no, you're sad, right. Violent crimes. Sure, but the um, all right. Well, okay. Let me. I've got a few a few questions to ask surrounding that. But um, first of all, like let's talk about the guns. For example, the laws in America. Obviously, we're comparing to other, you know, uh, major countries in the world. Uh, you know, especially right. in Europe, for example. What's your what, what's your take in the sort of differentials around that? Because oh my I know God, man. it's I know it's crazy. I know the differentials are wild and the numbers are wild as well. But how much obvious? I mean, I'm, I seem like I'm asking a stupid question, but I'm just trying to get your sort of opinion on it. Um, no, I don't think it's a stupid question. It, it's important. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, me personally, I have no interest in guns. I've actually never even held a loaded gun or fired a gun or anything. I'm just not into guns, mm. but uh, I know people that are like people that I don't think are violent or insane at all who love guns. I think it's kind of weird, but it's something, it's like a hobby basically for them. But, uh, as far as gun laws, man, I think it's just like way too little too late. Like you, you, you can't give a bunch of people something and then like try to take it away because somebody else abused it. You know what I mean? So we, we, I think just fucked up the whole thing. So my, my personal opinion is you gotta have you gotta have laws in some order, but you can't take people's guns away. You already fucked that up. When when do you think that that sort of fuck up happened? 
Like, do you think it happened right at the start of the constitutional wherever it was written? Or do you think, when, when do you sort of see this sort of fuck up occur, if that makes sense? No, I don't have a timeline only because, I mean, it never became a real issue or like a serious issue until, you know, Columbine kind of maybe, maybe started the conversation. Then um, all the I guess that that's, that's after that. Sorry to interrupt, but I guess that's kind of like modern take on it, right? Like in terms of, you know, you I would say I would say it's modern. I think there's only I think there's only two documented like uh, cases of an actual like shooter before. I think obviously there was this one in Texas in like the sixties. I don't remember how many people he killed if, if he killed any. I think he must have killed. Oh people. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember the guy from the university. He uh, yeah, he was, yeah, on, a, he was in a tower. Yeah, he shot yes, a shitload yeah. of people. Okay, right. Yeah. And then before that there was another one um but so we're, we're, we're talking about mass shooters there but obviously we, you know the numbers stack up because i think the the number of deaths attributed um uh, the number of deaths attributed to a gun is obviously sky high if you like we said earlier compared to like other countries for example in europe you know, sure America. oh yeah yeah oh, right. so, i mean it's all it also tops up yeah um yeah man uh, this is another thing I, I don't have the best answer for you being like a sort of Pacific Northwesterner from Portland, like guns are just something I, I just, I just don't think about it, man. They have no real effect in my life. Um, no, that's fair enough. fair enough. Sadly. Although I, I did, dude, I know clearly a bunch of fucking weird people. Actually, I just, I forgot this. So, uh, years ago and the Clackamas is in Portland. This must've been like eight or nine years ago, maybe 10. Um, I knew this dude who worked at this, uh, like a shawarma shop right next to my this bar. He's staying out at all the time. Mm-hmm. He's a really nice guy. I can't remember his name. Super chill dude though, but uh, I've had at least twenty or thirty conversations with him. You know, we we talk normal, nice stuff. But uh, he actually had a gun and went to a mall and killed two people and then himself. And I guess it was because his like girlfriend broke up with him or something insane. But um, Jeez, yeah. So yeah, nuts. I guess technically, yeah, I forgot that I knew that dude. I wish I knew his name. But um, yeah, man, it's weird and kind of sucked up that I can even share that because as someone who has no interest in guns, it's weird that I know someone who's used a gun to kill somebody else. That is really, really, it's really nuts, man. I know, like, years ago, I remember watching, I've watched a lot of, uh, I don't want to sort of of say this name and then say that this is my sort of thought process, but I kind of watch a lot of documentaries from any which angle they come from. But I do remember watching the Michael Moore documentary on uh, uh, Columbine, the Bowling for Columbine one. Yeah, yeah, of course. Some of the the stats that sort of spewed out from that. it's just really intriguing. Do you know what I mean? It just kind of seems like uh, the answer is less guns or, or all that. And I know, like you said, it's kind of past that time to do that because it's so embedded in your sort of culture and your your laws and history that it's really it's really di- difficult to change that now, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, man, this is a. We you could we could have a twenty five year long conversation about this topic, but like, I mean, I don't. Uh, I, I do not know any of the answers or even what the questions are. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the questions themselves just shift and change. Like all I can think is that obviously there's too many guns. Um, but like the cliche says, you know, guns don't kill people. People kill people. So like, I think we have other really weird problems and questions in the United States of America to ask before just the question of guns. You know what I mean? Look at like China, China, they don't have any guns, but, they have a lot more people, you know, stabbing and killing multiple people at the same time with a knife than we do. So, I mean, it's, I think at the, at the end of the day, ultimately, I, I assume, I just have to assume this is true, that 
it's a like more of a mental health kind of issue more of a uh letting people find worth and like value in their own lives like giving anybody just something to believe in besides being told that he's just worthless you know what i mean because sometimes those people aren't healthy and sometimes those people have fantasies of violence i mean we live in a weird culture and like i just think there's a lot of a lot of things that go into the gun debate but but again i don't know i'm i'm for the idea of you know, not selling more guns, but mm. I don't know how you'd take people's guns away without using guns to get the guns. But um, I, I agree. I don't know. Mate, I don't know. No, you know, I, I think the best point you made in the sense of was it's kind of too far down the line to take it away because it's so embedded in that sort of um, culture and, you know, historical aspect. It's, it, it, it seems like the easy option just to say, oh, yeah, all guns are banned and this and the other, blah, blah. Obviously, that, that's blasé and it's never going to work. But, um, yeah, it's really interesting, man. Really, really interesting. It I did not I mean, f- yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, Karen. No, no, nothing. I was just going to say it, it's very interesting. I was just agreeing. <laughs> no, nah, you know, the only reason I said that is because I had another point, but I totally forgot it. So I was just like waiting for you to pull up another point or not. <laughs> Yeah, no the, uh, the the gun the gun situation in the U.S. is uh, is really crazy, and there are a lot of people who are very passionate on both sides, seemingly incapable of agreeing on anything. The media just twi- twists everything into sort of a uh, sort of a phenomenal or like some sort of hyper crazy event until it just disappears, and all of a sudden we're not talking about guns at all anymore, even though the whole situation hasn't actually changed. Mm. And um, yeah, that's the way uh, sensationalizing. That's the word I'm looking for, and like basically that's kind of what we do. You know, that's what, that's how the the media does everything. That's politics. It just kind of sensationalizes and then forgets and then does it again when somebody else gets killed. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's nuts. It's, um, oh man, I'm really guided. I had a really good point. I've genuinely forgotten it. That is really, <laughs> really interesting point. Yeah, I'm, it'll I'm come so back important. when you, it'll come it'll back come. when you least expect it. <laughs> it'll come back. Like when I'm fast asleep or something, I should, I should have asked that question. Anthony, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. guns. Have you ever have you ever shot a gun? Uh, maybe like at scout camp or something, like you know, one of those yeah. like pellet balls. Right or something. Yeah. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah I've never. Uh, yeah, I, I I take pride in saying that I've never even. I don't even know what a loaded gun feels like. Yeah, no, no, I don't know what it feels like, but you know, mine's. Um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Done a bow and arrow, mate. Have you done a bow and arrow? No, I've tried. Those are cool. Those are actually pretty dope. Yeah, they're quite fun. I mean, I'm not very good at it, obviously. Again, it's from scout sure. camp or whatever, but... Yeah, take, take some practice. But yeah, they're pretty neat. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's very interesting. A little more um, skill involved in just pulling a trigger. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. You're yeah. more of a man. Like, not, not in a derogatory way, but you feel more like manly, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like a hunter-gatherer. Sure. Kind of like, you know... No, absolutely. Yeah, shooting your prey like that, rather than... Just shooting a bullet, whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Anthony. Yeah, um, tell us more. I know we talked about this earlier. Tell us more about um, some of your disciplines. I know, I know through um, good sources, you're a, a writer, author, um, an artist as well. I want to hear more about this, and I think <laughs> the listeners do want to hear more about this as well. I know, I know you're potentially skeptical, but I think we all want to hear more about this. No, thanks. I mean, I appreciate it. It's cool. I mean, those, those are definitely my uh, things. They're my passions, things that I love to do. I'm, I'm, I would call myself like a, a very starving artist, but um, you know, I think if you're not doing it out of love, what's the point anyway? So yeah, I, I, 
I write short fiction. Um, I'm trying to put together a collection for publication, hopefully in like early 2021. Like it'd be a short stories from kind of my perspective, some funny, some sad, some insane and crazy and just a mixed bag. You know, anybody who likes to read short stories, I think will have an idea of what I'm, what I'm getting at. Sure, yeah. Um, and I also paint. I do like large abstract paintings. I have not painted in like two months since this whole coronavirus thing. Kind of getting the itch to to get to get some uh, dirty paint all over me and on some canvas again. Um, yeah, those are just things I do, uh, things that I love to do, and I'm trying to move forward in, into the future post uh, coronavirus with a uh, kind of like some a, a realigned uh, passion and kind of like take it more seriously as opposed to thinking about it as a hobby, try to make it like a, a life of, of art. You know what I mean? No, absolutely, man. No, it all sounds intriguing. Like. Um... You are a creative fella, like from from all accounts. And um, yeah, where where can we find these short stories? And in? I'm intrigued. Oh man, I, I want to um, get some. I want to get my hands on some of these. The short stories, I'd have to kind of email you. They're kind of uh, in a in a private reserve right now, as I'm as I'm kind of like prepping them for uh, sending out to publishers. Um, I can give you my Instagram, and you can go on there and read like micro fictions and see my paintings and stuff. If you why, want. Well, why 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 do you why don't you tell our listeners um, your Instagram? So they can get hold of you when they want to get, uh, once you've been published, uh, obviously very in the very near future, hopefully. Right on. Uh, yeah, that's easy. So it's just my name, Anthony uh, Statham, S-T-A-T-H-A-M. That's, uh, I think it's Anthony underscore Statham underscore underscore. And that's at Instagram. Pretty easy to find. I think my little icon is a flamingo because my favorite bird. I like them. Nice. And um, yeah, I mean, that's it. Yeah, if you go to my Instagram, you can kind of see lots of stuff. I do a lot of like micro fiction, which is just like really, really, really short stories. It's kind of ideas, basically. You see some paintings, you see some pictures of my cat that I brought home from China, see pictures of China, see uh, maybe pictures of hamburgers. I don't know, I'm one of those dudes. Occasionally you take a picture of some food because it makes you feel happy. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah, that, that's, uh, that's basically that. Yeah, sadly, I can't really give you a link or anything for short stories because uh, yeah, they're all just kind of... Um, going or kind of being put together to be sent out and stuff so they don't really exist anywhere on, online yet. No, that's fine we'll get enough fans who will be hopefully screaming to get these short stories published once they go to insta so cool man that's absolutely fine that's absolutely fine um all right so Anthony, listen it's been an absolute pleasure to um have you on this pod and i'm hoping you're going to be our future u.s correspondent so uh we look, yeah, through, yeah. We look forward to going through the decades man We've just done yeah, the good time. We could, yeah, we could talk again about anything. And yeah, hopefully uh, the, the closer we get to the to the modern times, it'll be less fogged by my old drug abuse and shit. And I'll actually have some answers for it instead of saying I don't instead of saying I don't know every time you ask me something. <laughs> fair play, mate. Fair play. And all right. Uh, mate, we are, honestly we appreciate the time and I'm sure the listeners have enjoyed this little trip down memory lane. Um so thank right. you very much. And uh we'll post your socials on our uh on our episode description. So please follow us, follow Anthony and um we uh, hope to see you next time. So um, cheers, Ant. Thanks very much, mate. Right, man. My pleasure. Cheers, listeners. Stay safe. Bye-bye.